longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. And that is from Lao Tzu. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and today's theme is the gift of love. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at bethestarur.org, and you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no extra fees. So we'll be starting off the show today with a reading from The Gift of Love, which is excerpted from Cynthia Bryan's best-selling book, Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. Uh, Make sure, audience, to pick up a copy of this wonderful book at CynthiaBryan.com slash online hyphen store and 100% uh, 100 of the proceeds uh, from your purchase will be benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself and helping us to get this great show on the air every week. With that, let's go ahead and give this wonderful chapter a reading. This is The Gift of Love by Cynthia Bryan. When I was young, my mom said something that terrified me. She loved her children so much, she said, she said, that she'd cut off her right arm to save our lives. I had nightmares that she might actually have to do it. Then, how could she hug us? It wasn't until I became a parent myself that I recognized the reality of such unconditional love. Mom sacrificed selflessly to give her children great food, a great education, and great self-esteem and self-worth. Because we lived on a farm... She and Dad drove us over a hundred miles a day to school and back. When we forgot our lunches, she'd make another trip to be sure we ate. Mom was involved in all of our activities. She attended all our sports, cheerleading, and 4-H events. She volunteered for every parent committee so she would stay involved with her children. At Christmas, Dad would take us kids shopping, and we'd each buy Mom our favorite present. Every Christmas, Mom got five flannel Mother Hubbard nightgowns. For her birthdays, we showered her with homemade gifts such as cookies, colored leaves, knitted items, and hand-framed photos. We cooked her a special dinner, and Dad always made a big to-do about his queen. We treasured her dearly within the family, but we never celebrated her publicly. 
When her 70th birthday approached, my two sisters, my brother and I, decided it was, it was time to give mom a big surprise party to show our appreciation for all those years. Keeping it a surprise turned out to be a considerable feat. One sister insisted we tell her in advance so she could invite the guests of her choice, but the rest of us vetoed that idea. We divided up the duties. Patty's family worked on invitations and catering. Fred arranged for lighting and the cake. Deb and I handled the decor, choosing garden themes so Mom could make the decorations to take the decorations home afterwards. We booked a rural firehouse and started early on a Saturday morning to transform it into the Garden of Eden. All her children, grandchildren, and spouses came to help set up. Alice's birdhouses, hoses, water buckets, garden tools, rakes, potted plants, candles, potpourri, garden lights, hummingbird feeders, and all types of beautiful accessories adorned the tables and walls, whilst hundreds of balloons in wine colors of Cabernet, Chardonnay, Rose, and Champagne floated through the air. It was gorgeous. Then the guests started to arrive, hundreds of them laden with more gardening gifts and bringing their wonderful stories of mom. Mom arrived to fireworks and a rocket display, thanks to her grandson, Justin, and was totally surprised. The love that filled that firehouse could have ignited a real fire. To have reached the age of 70 and to have seen so many true friends and loving relatives celebrating her life was indescribably wonderful. As people danced, ate, and laughed, I realized that the only thing in life that truly endures is love. Love is the deepest of all emotions. Fear and hate are awfully powerful, but love can beat them both. We are shaped and defined by who and what we love, and we can never obtain love by asking for it, but we can always give love. Mom had given love all her life, and this day, her 70th birthday, others paid tribute and gave love to a loving person. Geith said, love is the reward of love. Sometimes, love may seem a rare commodity, but like a garden, it can be nurtured from the harshest soil. Here are my seven rules for a loving world. Number one, make other people feel good. Number two, make other people look good. Number three, help them meet their needs. Number four, applaud their achievements, no matter how small. Number five, go for win-win solutions. Number six, say I love you often and mean it. And number seven, Expect the best from others. People often become what you believe they are. Start somewhere. Anywhere. French poet Antoine de Saint-Exupéry has his little prince explain, We see accurately only with our hearts. The essentials are invisible to the eye. Here is an exercise penned by Cynthia Ryan titled, Increase Your Lovability Quotient. And here it goes. Uh, nearly everyone says they would like more love in their lives. But to have love, we must give love. What can you give? What are you giving? How are you giving? Love given conditionally is a bribe, not a gift. In the Jewish culture, there is a tradition of performing mitzvahs, which translates literally to blessings. Every day, one should do a good deed, preferably anonymously, with absolutely no expectation of acknowledgement, praise, or being repaid. Your assignment today as part of this exercise is to perform one mitzvah, one special loving act for which you honestly expect nothing in return. Love is like happiness. The harder we seek it, the more it eludes us. Only when we give it freely can it come back to us. All right, that was a wonderful chapter from Cynthia.
Um, it was absolutely beautiful, and I definitely agree with a lot of the messages that were put in there. I think it's definitely important to give your unconditional positive regard to others and remind yourself that they are human and they are always deserving of love and remind yourself also that you are deserving of love uh, and that you should openly receive whatever love is given to you. Uh, never, never think that you are undeserving of love. Never think that you are not worthy of someone's love because you are a human being. You need that love and you absolutely deserve it as does everyone else. And so I personally definitely agree with the core message uh, of Cynthia's chapter where love is this two-sided thing where you must give what you have. You must give the love that you have to others and you must allow yourself to receive love and allow it to nurture your personality and your character uh, throughout your life. And I think that dual nature of love has been wonderfully depicted in this chapter. And I definitely seek to live my life (laughs) in that way as well as I'm hoping everybody in the audience is. So that was, again, a wonderful chapter from Cynthia Bryan. Make sure to get her book as well so that the proceeds can be donated to keep this lovely show alive. And listeners, be sure to support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. And closing out the chapter, Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan, from whom you just heard that lovely chapter, has just authored a brand new book, Growing With The Goddess Gardener. And you can definitely hear more lovely chapters like the one I have just read if you go and buy this brand new book. And it's now available at CynthiaBryan.com slash online hyphen store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and our very own Express Yourself. Make sure to watch our fun and informative videos at YouTube.com slash Be The Star You Are and keep listening a guest to our refreshing discussion on the gift of love. I'm Brigitte Chia, and please make sure to stay on for the next segment of Express Yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. 
I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Today's show is all about the gift of love and thoughts of Valentine's Day. So, on the show for today is our wonderful guest this week, relationship expert Christine Baumgartner. Christine's coaching capitalizes on over 25 years as a wedding planner, where she witnessed the benefits of people meeting and marrying the perfect catch and the huge challenges that unfortunately arose when they didn't. But this inspired her to focus on what happens before the marriage, which ultimately contributed to her becoming a dating and relationship coach and expert. Christine was single for 20 years between her two marriages and in that time perfected how to date men that she'd never marry. So when she decided she finally wanted to get married, she determined that she needed to learn how to date differently. Christine thus accomplished this by creating the Transform Your Dating Life system and she's been able to help hundreds of singles find their last true love uh, over her long career. With that, let's welcome Christine onto the show. Hi, Christine. Hi, Brigitte. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm very excited. Absolutely. We're excited to have you on today and to hear about your expertise. Uh, So I'm going to jump right in and just um, bring in a few questions. Uh, So, Christine, you know, uh, why did you choose to become a dating and relationship coach? Well, you know, it's one of those careers that it kind of chose me. It's happened to me a number of times in my life. But what I saw was I kept watching people marry that were good for each other. And then I watched people marry that weren't so good for each other. And I kept thinking, well, there should be a way to figure out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then as I was dating, I, my friends would always say, I was single for 20 years between my marriages. And my friends would always say, so what do you think of the guy that you've been dating? And I'd say, oh, he's really nice, but I'd never marry him which was perfectly okay since at that point in my life, I didn't want to get married. But then when I turned 50 and I decided I wanted to get married and I started using online dating, and so I had even more men to pick from to date, Mm -hmm. my friends would then say, so what do you think of the men you're dating? And I again say, well, you know, they're nice, but I wouldn't marry any of them, which was a problem since now I decided I wanted to get married. So I had to stop and look at, well, why? If they're nice guys, do I not want to marry them? And the trait that I found that was happening with the majority of men that were sitting across the table from me was they made a lot of money and they didn't have any money or they were in huge debt. And I thought, wow, there are all the people where I live are not like that. But why are all the men that sit across from me are like that? Hmm. I wonder if it has something to do with me, maybe a little to do with me. Well, it turned out it had everything to do with me, you know, and <laughs> don't always look mm-hmm. at me. So when I delved into that, which is the beginning of the system that I work on with my clients, but I was just doing it to get past this roadblock that I had in my dating life, I discovered that it was an old belief inside of me that I wasn't conscious about, that the men in my life, my father and my ex-husband were both did that. They earned a lot of money and they had no money or were in debt. So in my experience with men, I knew how to be with a man like that. I thought maybe all men were like that. I knew maybe I deserved only a man like that. And that was my belief from before. But I hadn't ever consciously thought about it. And you can't change anything unless you become conscious of it. So when I became conscious of it and I said, well, does that fit me now? No. 
I know how to be around men that have wealth because I had an event planning company for 25 years and a lot of my clients were very wealthy and had savings and retirements and everything. So once I got past that belief, I put myself through this whole exercise. The very next man that sat across the table from me made money and had money. And I said, huh, well, it can't be that. <laughs> Let's look at the next trait. So I did. And when I figured out what that was and what it had to do with me, and I adjusted that inside of me, the next man didn't have either of those traits. So then my friends would say, so what do you think of the guys you're dating? And I go, you know, I'm starting to date guys I would actually consider a long-term relationship with, maybe not quite marriage. And they go, well, what are you doing? So I said, I don't know if it'll work for you. Try this. Here, here's what you do. Here's the list of things. Go do that and come back. And they came back and they said, oh, I'm dating different guys. Wow. And my goal was to find a husband, which did happen. And it also turned into a career because I started coaching my friends and their friends. And then when I got married, they said, oh, please, you have to start teaching more people. Yeah, so I amazing. My company. Mm-hmm. There we go. Oh my goodness, that's definitely I, I. I never thought about it like that because you think you think you're just going to meet a certain person that has all the qualities that you're looking for, but then uh, there's you know it's definitely much wiser um, to take a step back and look at all the qualities that you've been you know settling for essentially. Oh wow. Yes. yes. And I guess you're you you know you're. Um, your context really defines your dating life unless you are aware of it, uh, as you said. And so, Christine, uh, you mentioned uh, sort of at the beginning of uh, your answer to the last question that, you know, you worked you worked for 20 years or so in the wedding industry and as a wedding planner, and you could kind of tell who was marrying the right person and who wasn't marrying such a good fit for them. I, I just wanted to ask, you know, how, how could you tell, you know, how... Were you able to see that that dynamic between the couple um, and between the two individuals? Well, that is such a good question. Thank you. No one's ever asked it quite that. <laughs> so, what I find is we have. I think everybody has a manual inside of us, and it has everything that really makes us feel satisfied and happy, and the things that just we can't have in our lives. And everybody's is different. And I would see these people marrying that had some really core things that were really different. And I'm not saying we have to have everything that's the same, but like I would have people that were different religions getting married, which on this face of it already has some challenges, but their families were so unhappy about oh, that they goodness. were married outside their religion. And their marriages didn't last. Mm. So if you haven't completely clarified what you have to have, when you said you hope somebody's just going to show up with what you want, but often I'll ask a woman, so tell me what you want. You know, I want your list. And it's as thought out as she can make it because she hasn't met me before. Because I worked for five years to figure out how to make a different kind of list. And what my list is about is these are the things you absolutely have to have. So the top of my list, I have to have, they have to be nice. They have to be nice to me. They have to be nice to generally the people around them. Not a pushover, but a man for me has to be genuinely a nice person. And if they're not, I can't 
even go out on a second date with them. So you figure out what are the top 10 things or eight things or five things you have to have. And then what are the top things you can't have? So I can't have somebody who smokes cigarettes because I get physically ill. Yes. So I now have two things. I have quite an extensive more. I have 10 things on my list. But of those two things, I now know these are a deal maker and a deal breaker. And Mm -hmm. often we just think, oh, they have to be six foot and they have to have brown hair and they have to have blue eyes. Small things. (laughs) Yes. And certainly it's important to ultimately be physically attracted to the other person or certainly not be put off by them in the beginning. But it can't be all about that. And the hard thing for women, I have discovered, is if we're really physically attracted to a guy, we go into what I call a hormone fog. And then we mm-hmm. sort of lose our mind a little and we stop paying attention to, well, he, if he smoked outside, it might be okay. Yeah, or make allowances. Too much. And that's where the settling comes in. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you really have to set those standards, I guess. You really have to set those boundaries, um, not, not just in terms of uh, physical attraction, but really the, you know, the other parts of the individual, uh, yeah. the moral, you know, eth- ethics and yes. all of that sort of stuff. That you really you have to put your foot down on. I can tell you, see my list, because it's all about that. And if you're really specific, now people say, oh, I'm too picky. And I think often we're not picky enough, certainly not about the right things. Mm -hmm. So if we're really clear about, I want somebody that has a sense of humor. Well, what does that mean to you? Spell it out, write it out in a whole long sentence or a paragraph. Because I didn't like um, practical jokes And I discovered kind of early on, my husband and his son were into practical jokes. So we had an agreement that they never did one around me because they're off-putting to me. They really upset my inside. So, but he had a great sense of humor about other stuff, but I couldn't do the practical joke part. But because I knew that and we'd had that conversation, it wasn't an issue. So that's why when you say, gosh, I love to go out to dinner well what kind of food do you like and how long do you like spending at dinner or you like walking on the beach well what do you like doing while you're there do you collect seashells or do you run do you do push-ups do you like going in the water because what you want to do is be clear about who you are and what's important to you and then for the things that are really important like religion and Some people, they have to have been to college or they have to like kids or they can't like kids or they need to be the same religion. All of that blends together to when you're writing out what it is you need and want from somebody. And then you can check it out when you're either emailing or texting or meeting Mm -hmm. in person or talking on the phone to go through this list and ask them just, gosh, I'm so curious to find out more about you questions to see if they fit that list or not. Absolutely. Wow. That's uh, definitely opening up the, the communications aspect as well, I think, of, of the relationship. And, 
you know, you definitely have to ask those questions. Um, and so, Christine, actually, just to turn it towards, uh, just to turn our conversation a little towards maybe our teen audience a bit, uh, I wanted to know how you felt about um, teen dating. Because I, you mentioned earlier that, you know, women, sometimes we go into this hormone fog. And I guess that's especially kind of... Um, you know, highlighted or brought to light with the teen mindset and that whole stage of puberty and um, starting out in the dating world. So what do you think of teen relationships? And do you think those can ever really develop into something more long lasting or are teens maybe not so sure of what they're looking for yet? Oh, my goodness. That is such a great question. <laughs> I've known, it really is. It's such a great question because I've known people that are happily married, long time, who met when they were teenagers. And I had no idea what I wanted until I was really more in my 50s. So there you go. So that's why it was an interesting question because it really depends because I didn't know as a teenager what I wanted. And I even kind of knew that I didn't know. But the groundwork that I am so excited to share with the teens is if you are clear about just today, just today, look at the men or women in your life and how they treat you and how they treat the people around you, like a father or an uncle or neighbors, and say, oh, I like that. I like when a man does that. I don't like it when a man does that. Or I like it when a woman does that. And I don't like it when a woman does that. And write it down. Because it's going to start building that foundation where you're going to say, oh, well, yeah, I've got the hots for this guy at school. (laughs) And does he do any of those things? Does he do some of the things I don't like? Does he do some of the things I do like? And I think it will help with that chemistry that overwhelms us. It'll give you a little bit of grounding around that. Because puberty is all about your hormones just racing everywhere. And there's really nothing we can do about that part. But it's sort of like if you think of the scale, like the one they have in the legal profession with the arms and the chains and there's bowls, the puberty bowl is like down on the table. But if we (laughs) said, well, I'm going to use a little logic and a little caring about myself and a little grounding, I'm going to fill up the other bowl and maybe it won't be quite so out of balance. Absolutely. We're a little out of time for this segment, but we'll definitely, I definitely want to hear more about this, especially because I'm also a teen and I need the advice in the next segment. (laughs) Thank you so much, Christine, for this brilliant conversation in the first segment. Again, we'll be coming right back in the next segment uh, with more and more on this uh, conversation, more on this topic. Uh, Audience, make sure to visit Christine's website at theperfectcatch.com and check her out on Facebook at facebook.com slash theperfectcatch. Uh, make sure also to visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. It's not too late to make a tax-deductible donation for last year to Be The Star You Are and express yourself, so please make sure to visit our charity site at bethestarur.org. I'm Brigitte Chia, and stay right here with us as we continue our discussion with Christine on the gift of love and Valentine's Day. Show the world your smile Be the star you are 
If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing a lively discussion on our theme, The Gift of Love and Valentine's Day. And we're once again joined in this segment on Express Yourself by the lovely Christine Baumgartner, relationship and dating expert. If you're single and are frustrated with what's been happening or not happening in your dating life, and you're ready to finally find your loving partner, then Christine is the coach for you. For the past nine years, Christine has been helping singles turn their dating lives from frustrating to fun and ultimately helping them find their last true love. Christine's Transform Your Dating Life system will help you clarify what you want and need from a partner so that you'll begin choosing dates you'll really enjoy going out with, finally feel comfortable and confident in your dating relationships, and learn what's been keeping you from attracting the right type of man or woman so you'll stop wasting your time going out with the wrong type of people. If you've been saying stuff like, I've been dating for a while, I'm still meeting the wrong people, or I'm newly single and don't know where to begin, or even I've had many short-term relationships and I'm ready for a long-term committed relationship, then Christine will provide you with the tools, encouragement, and support that you need to finally help you meet your last love. And with that, let's go ahead and bring Christine back onto the show. Hi, Christine. Hi. So fun. Absolutely. I've been having a great time so far, and I hope you have too. Oh, um, much. yes. Thank you. Terrific, terrific. Uh, so in the last segment, we were discussing, you know, teen dating. Um, obviously, our audience is um, made up of teens, and we definitely <laughs> need a bit of help in the dating department. And so um, I, I want to direct sort of the conversation towards maybe online dating, because I know a lot of teens, a lot of maybe older teens, especially who are maybe going into the college world or getting started in sort of the real world outside of the K through 12 system, they're all starting to maybe online date. And so what is your opinion on online dating? Do you think it's, is it safe? Is it a good way to meet people? Or is there something, you know, better about maybe meeting people face to face? Oh, it's a very, very common question. Yes. And I like online dating. It's how I met my deceased husband, and it's how a lot of my clients meet their forever love. 
because it's the biggest pool of single people out there. It's um, a challenge to meet people sometimes in our fast-paced world, even when you're surrounded by your age group. In my age group, I'm not surrounded every day by them, but I've talked to people in their teens and in their 20s, and they're still not always meeting people, certainly not the people that they were hoping that they um, would like and that would like them back. So I like online, but as with anything, you have to learn how to be safe and how to be cautious. So one of the things I do recommend about using online dating is to verify who the person is before you meet them, if you're a woman. Even if you're a man, you can certainly take their picture and run it through the Google search to see if it comes up with their same name and the city that it says they live in. But for women, I tell them before they meet a man to ask him for his cell phone number and his last name and his city that he lives in and then run it through like a people search, a couple different Mm -hmm. people searches just to verify who they are. And then to always meet in a public place, always drive your own car, always tell somebody where you're going and when you're expected to be back. And what I did when I was single and dating between my marriages was I went to three different locations in my neighborhood and I told each of these restaurants that I was going to be meeting men there for the first time and I wanted to feel safe so I wanted to tell them about it. Well, they took it so seriously. There was one restaurant The gentleman would come, the manager would make a point of coming around to our table, which looked like he was just doing it, but he always checked in to see if I was doing well. Mm -hmm. And then he would stand at the door as I walked to my car every time. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That's so nice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you you need that precaution. You need that, uh, that sense of security and that Uh, Wow. (laughs) I commend that manager. That is very important, especially. And it was a good combination because not only was he a good guy, but I made a very specific request that he was absolutely willing to give me. So when you talked about just as we were ending the other segment about how as a woman, you know, what, what can you do to make sure that you're asking the right questions or attracting the right people or knowing if they're the right people. So I've talked about how you make a list of what you have to have and a list of what you can't have. And then the third list is who are you? What do you bring to a relationship? And really spell it out. We often don't see clearly or acknowledge our value, our worthiness, which will cause us to settle. And it's a list that often my female clients have a hard time filling out. So I tell them, interview a friend, somebody who really likes you a lot and has known you for a while and ask them why they're friends with you. And they'll tell you, you're loyal, you have a great, you make me laugh, you are punctual. I mean, whatever it is that makes you up. And, And write it out and remind yourself of that. Because when you know that you're valuable, as I knew then, I knew I needed to have other people looking up for my back because I was meeting a guy all by myself, you know, at a public place, but still. And so when you build up that feeling inside of you, you won't be as nervous. We stop getting so carried away 
with, oh, but he said this. Well, does that ring true for me? Does that something that sounds like it would be okay with me? Not just that he said it. And I would say absolutely, the majority of men and women on online dating are perfectly lovely people. They really are. There's a very small percentage of people that are out to hurt us and are evil and terrible people. It's a really small percentage. It's just that you hear about them a lot. Yeah, that's the spotlight effect, huh? It's mm-hmm. Those isolated events will really just pop out at you. But yeah, I, I think um, I definitely, I have a few friends who have met just wonderful people on these online sites and have established these long-lasting relationships. And I think it uh, definitely helps to put up those precautions when you're meeting people face and fa- face-to-face. But uh, I personally, I do, I do actually have a pretty good opinion of online dating as a new way to meet people. Uh, I know that there are a few concerns for sure because of those isolated incidents. But I think... Um, what you said about taking precautions and making sure to stop by and ask these managers of restaurants and different places you're meeting to check in every so often is definitely a, a very good idea and a very uh, good one to take and good good advice. Um, and so I, I, also, I also wanted to know, uh, Christine, about... Um, you know, what are some of the most common questions that women ask maybe on these online uh, dating adventures uh, on these dates? Um, and are they the right questions when they're going out on dates? Oh, that's such a good question, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm glad I asked it. <laughs> yes, very good question. When you have your list of things that you want to see if they have these things you like and have to have and the things that you don't want, then I help people craft questions around that so that it's not just a list of questions and it sounds like you're interrogating them or interviewing them because it's it's another person. So to be generous and genuine with them, genuinely interested and generous in accepting that they're probably just a fine person but it might be that their answer isn't going to be something that's a match for you. So if one of the things that's important to you is that you want them to have a career in mind, then you could say, well, do you have plans after college? What are you thinking about doing? You know, what kind of jobs do you typically have over the summer? And you'll hear, are they ambitious? Do they have a direction? if that's important to you. So my friends always would say, well, how did I know that these men made money and didn't have any money? And I said, I'd ask them about vacations. Where did they go on vacation and what did they do? And they'd explain these elaborate, oh my gosh, vacations to me, which was really fascinating to hear. And then I'd ask, well, gosh, how did you pay for that? I mean, I usually put aside a savings for vacation and they go, oh no, I just charge up the credit card and then take a couple years to pay it off which was perfectly fine for them. They were really comfortable living that way. It wasn't a comfortable Mm -hmm. way for me to consider a forever relationship. And I had great stories. It was very interesting. I didn't think anything ill of them. I just knew it wasn't a match for me. Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't where you were going and it wasn't what you wanted. Um, But I will tell you the challenge that happens on first dates a lot for men and women because 
I talk a lot with my clients about how men and women communicate so differently. If you've read the book, Men Are From Mars or Women Are From Venus, it's Mm -hmm. all about how we communicate differently. So what I hear the biggest complaint from women after a first date is, all he did was talk about himself and he never asked me anything about me. And the guy says, gosh, all she did was help me with questions and I felt like I was in a job interview and I didn't get to know her. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And neither one of them are having bad behavior because neither one of them understand how differently the other person communicates. Mm. So my advice for women is to ask one of these I'm curious questions of a man, like I'd ask him about their vacation. And when they get done talking, then tell them if you've ever been to that place or what's your favorite place to vacation, because often as women, we're sitting back waiting for the man mm-hmm. to ask us, because if a woman was sitting across the table, that's what she would do. But yeah. a man believes that if we have something to say, we'll just say it. So my advice for men is when she asks you a question, go ahead and answer it and then turn around and ask her that very same question because she's sitting there waiting for you to do that. Yeah, make it a two-way street, you know. (laughs) Then you could see how at the end of that first date, both people would feel like I got to talk about me and I got to learn about the other person. And it's kind of like a tennis match where it was even. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to, again, the the reciprocal uh, nature of the relationship is there. That is, oh my goodness, Christine, that is such a, that's... That's such a good way to discover what what <laughs> the other person is like, or what the characters and the characteristics that you want to see in another another person. I was yeah. it's so hard to you know you can't ever ask outright how much are you making. You can never say that, and I I never thought about this more roundabout way of asking, um, you know, or to of finding out essentially what the other person has going on in his or her life. And so I wanted to, I wanted to ask also um, going off of the, the first date scene and maybe more a little bit into long-term relationships. um, I wanted to ask about maybe what if you're in a relationship that you don't, you aren't exactly satisfied with, should you, remain in that relationship should you try to make it work or should you uh, try to find a way out wow well the broad answer question (laughs) well the broad answer is why why are you unsatisfied are you afraid are they hurting you then yes please leave Mm-hmm. leave when they're not home and go to a shelter. I mean, I will say that out loud because I have certainly told a few women to do that and men, more women though. But most of the time what I hear when people say, gosh, I'm not as happy as I could be or we're not as happy as we used to be. It is so much about this miscommunicating, so much. What happens for women a lot is We believe that men have this superpower that they can read our minds, that if they just loved us enough or cared about us enough, they would just know what we need and want. And as lovely as men are, they generally don't have that superpower. So what I tell women is figure out what it is you'd want and then learn a way to clearly ask him for it. So sometimes what I hear from women is, He doesn't call as much as he used to. Well, 
He obviously doesn't have as big a need to talk as you do. But if you want to talk to him more, then don't complain because it's not fair to get mad at him for not knowing that you wanted more communication. You just say, wow, I really like it when you call me and it would make me happy if you called me every morning and told me good morning and every night and told me good night. Absolutely. And if a guy cares about you and your happiness, he'll say, okay. Or he'll say, gosh, you know, I can't do that, but I can do this instead. Because he really does want to make you happy. He just isn't sure what it is if you don't tell him. Absolutely. And yeah, I think definitely, again, highlighting that communication aspect of a relationship. And we think we're communicating really well, but we're subtle. (laughs) We We try to use mental telepathy and none of that works for guys none yeah Yeah. Uh, it's got to be direct well you know Christine thank you so much uh, for all of the advice that you've given and I will again I will definitely (laughs) use that in the future and you know try to find my my one and only Um, and this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation Uh, unfortunately we are out of time but thank you so much uh, for all the advice that you've given audience during the break be sure to check out our 501c3 literacy and positive media charity at be the staryouare.org and make sure to visit theperfectcatch.com and um, facebook.com slash theperfectcatch to find out more about Christine and her work. Again, uh, be sure to also visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. I'm Brigitte Gia and when we come back we will be continuing on the gift of love and Valentine's Day. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia on Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about the gift of love and Valentine's Day. And in this segment, in this last closing segment of the show, we'll be discussing love and art with another segment of Art Attack. Again, hello, I'm Brigitte, of course, and this is Art Attack. Uh, So I thought I'd begin with discussing, just as an opening, the Summer of Love exhibit at the San Francisco D. Young Museum. 
So I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, and there are a lot of great art museums here that I'm, I have the privilege of being able to go to, um, and they're a short distance away, and I'm always going on public transportation to visit them and see what they have in store for the season or what they have to offer on a pretty regular basis. And uh, last year, I believe it was, or over the summer, I think, um, the D. Young Museum of Fine Arts that in San Francisco offered the Summer of Love exhibit, uh, which took visitors sort of on this path um, back in time through the 1960s and 70s, sort of the the love era, essentially, <laughs> during uh, in our human history uh, within San Francisco. So there was this wonderful exhibit, The Summer of Love, and it went through sort of the music uh, at the time, which was, of course, a big component of the 60s in Western culture, and it went through the art and the creations that different artists made during the 60s that were all really inspired by love and love for each other, love for the different cultures. Um, there was also a lot of talk of free love for the LGBTQIA plus community. So we have all of this love that was from that was stemming from the 1960s and 70s. And that was brought back by this wonderful D. Young exhibit. And I had the opportunity to go down there uh, to San Francisco and walk through the exhibit myself. And I think it really, the exhibit really embodied kind of the, the intertwining of art and love where, you know, you don't have to be a fine artist paint, depicting a model in a studio or someone you love in a studio to express love. Um, popular culture definitely expresses love through art as well. You really had that in the 1960s and 70s exhibit that was featured at the DM. Now, the Summer of Love exhibit focused uh, less on perhaps romantic love and dating and more on love for different individuals and love for the human race as a whole. Uh, in the 60s and 70s, there were a lot of uh, tensions going on between different ethnic groups or different religious groups, uh, especially in the West uh, and in the Americas. In the 1960s, of course, you had the Vietnam War happening. You had student protests against war and against fighting. And all of these students and all of the artists that were prevalent in the era were supporting love rather than war. Love for our human brothers, love for others who were maybe a different ethnic group from us or a different religion or uh, identified uh, sexually and in gender as a different alignment. And so we had a lot of that at the Summer of Love exhibit. We had a lot of the 60s ideologies being brought back into the present. And I thought that I was this sort of love, when I walked through the exhibit, this sort of love was, is so prominent that although romantic love is definitely very, very prevalent in our lives and is very, very important, this sort of love, love for the human race, love for your fellow human individuals, is something that defines us as human beings and something that was well depicted by the exhibit and should remain in our minds, especially now uh, with things going on in the status quo as they are. And so 
As we're facing all of these problems in the 21st century, in this decade, in the new 2010 decade, we must remember to carry that love with us through art and through music um, and use it. We must remember how to use it to help us deal with all of these different issues. And I really think that the Summer of Love exhibit appeared at a time, 2016, that was very relevant to sort of this remembrance of the expression of love through music and art and its usefulness in helping us deal with the issues that we face um, currently around the world right now. And so moving on from that, again, I thought it was a lovely exhibit and I definitely think it embodied love and art very, very well. And of course, it was a great history lesson as well. Moving on from that, uh, I think focusing on a love of art and how to cultivate it is also very, very important to examining kind of the intersection between love and art. And there is one question here that a lot of people ask when they speak of a love of art. Namely, can one develop an art, a love of art when it hasn't been there before? And I think that the answer to that question is a very definite yes. Even if you have no initial interest or little initial interest in the world of art, you can definitely learn to develop and cultivate and nurture a love of art that will eventually allow you to see the world through a different lens and allow you to use your love of art, your newfound affinity for the arts, to deal with the different issues that may be going on in your own life. For example, uh, when I was... A younger child when I was uh, maybe in my early teens or even before that, I didn't have the greatest love of classical music. I didn't think it was an art form that was really prevalent to my life. I never listened voluntarily to classical music. I thought all classical music was dull and uninteresting, not filled with the emotion that I found in maybe pop tunes or in the lyrics of songs that I would listen to rather than classical music. But as I grew older and as I delved more into my violin playing, I play the violin and it's a big part of my life, um, I got more into the classical style of music and I began to cultivate my love for that form of art. And it has wonderfully culminated um, and this, uh, a week ago, a week ago or so, I was able to perform in Carnegie Hall as a violinist, uh, playing classical music. And of course, as a part of that, I listened to a lot of classical music and came to enjoy the pieces that I was playing and the pieces that I heard on the radio or in the symphony hall in San Francisco. And so art definitely can be cultivated. A love for art can be cultivated and developed. And once you've cultivated this love of art, you can really use it to help you deal with all the chaos that may be going on in your life. Because we are humans, we have to learn to live with the ups and downs of life. And I think art and music and any form of visual or performing arts can definitely aid you with that. 
All right. It is time to say farewell now. Um, thank you, audience, for staying with us here today. It was wonderful to be able to talk to you. We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, A-Rod. Much love to A-Rod. <laughs> thank you to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org and BTSYA.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, love yourself and others, and be here. Happy Valentine's Day. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself